We often hear that religion is a very private matter. It's a nice sentiment. It's inclusive and non-judgmental. And nice non-religious people are really quite pleasant to be around. Catholics can be nice people too. We drive to work to nice offices. I walk to work from a nice rectory. And we return to our households with a nice live and let live attitude. And nice people keep religion to themselves aside from a pious bumper sticker or two. The other day I found myself pondering a World War II photograph. It's a famous picture. Maybe you've seen it. A German soldier is about to execute a Jewish prisoner, and the body of the prisoner will soon tumble into a mass grave. About a dozen soldiers are looking on. The facial expression of the executioner is not so particularly cruel, but it is matter of fact. The face of the prisoner, a split second before the soldier would pull the trigger, is angry and defiant. The prisoner doesn't look like a very nice man. Then he talks about how he zoomed in and he goes, hey, these are all nice people. These soldiers just standing around. They're just following orders. A couple of soldiers appear curious and attentive. One is stretching his neck to get a better look. Others seem to be bored. But all eyes are on the scene of the impending execution, a bullet in the back of the head. There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. And there's even a time for entertainment. And this is high entertainment in the execution of Jews in the midst of a prison camp boredom. Of the prison camp boredom, rather. Taken as a whole, I saw sheep. You saw the sheeple. Father Jerry Prokorsky. After the war, many of the soldiers probably lived happily ever after, allowing for the pain of reconstruction. In time, what they witnessed and what they did likely became distant memories. Perhaps they could take comfort in saying to themselves, well, hey, huh, at least I wasn't the one who pulled the trigger. Or they pulled the trigger with reluctant necessity. Life in the close quarters of the army barracks can be uncomfortable if there are divisive and polarizing views. Disrupting the process wouldn't be nice. It's nicer to have unity in the community, you see, as spectators, allowing the cruelties of war to go on without comment. <clears throat> After pondering the picture for about 10 minutes, I averted my eyes. As I said, the image isn't particularly horrifying. The soldier is yet to pull the trigger, but I had a thought that became difficult to bear. Now, folks, this is where it gets to the chase. I warn you, you're not going to want to hear the rest of this. You might as well just go ahead for the exits now and go back to your pansy, sissified existence. Yeah, I, I, I might need a Catholic air raid siren because you people don't want to hear this. Better charge, please. I have a Netflix subscription that's due today. I have to pay it. That's right. This is not a drill. Warning. Go back to your civilized, sissified existences out there. I don't want to rain on your parade. What a challenge. 
Again, 26 years in, most people are sheep. Matter of fact, I was a sheep myself for a long time, following blindly the political machinations of Decepticons and Neocons and frauds that called themselves conservatives, thinking that there was a political solution to all this. In 2000, by 2015, I had discovered there is no political solution. My voting doesn't matter a G, it doesn't matter a hill of flipping beans. You know what matters? The faith. That's what matters. It's all that matters. It's the, it's the alpha and the omega. There is nothing else without it. What life could a man pursue that would be better than pursuing one to defend and promote the faith? And no, that doesn't mean that you can't have a vocation and you can't make a living at the same time. This is the great lie. Well, if you start talking about that in public, then you can't. Okay, well, if I'm an example of that, so far, many of you have determined by your contributions, purchases, and memberships, and membership upgrades, if not outright just cash. Here, Mike, take this. Don't tell anybody I gave it to you. Just take it. Don't go off the air, whatever you do. This radio station, a little station it could, is living here three years when it shouldn't have made it through its first. We marvel at the miraculous nature of this every day. I do. God willing, that will continue, but I can't say. <clears throat> now listen to this. Father Pekorsky. The more I pondered the faces in that photograph, the more I was able to see my own face among those soldiers. I saw the faces of my parishioners among them as well. Ooh, here it comes. Except for the angry face of the prisoner, they all look like nice people, and we're nice people too. Uh, folks, by the way, this is what I call the cult of I am a good person. Everybody goes to heaven, go to any funeral today, and people, it doesn't matter who's laying in the casket, they are canonized saints. And it's getting worse because they're all nice people. All nice people go to heaven, right? Okay, well, then why did our Lord need to come here? Why did he just come here and say, hey, Lama, I'm going to write this in the sand. Be a nice person. Join the cult <laughs> of I am a good person, and I'll see you when you die. Have fun. Hey, uh, Lama, hey, Lord, what about all this sin? What? Better admit his follower of me, please. There's no sin. That's a lie. We just made that up to scare you guys. There's no hell either. <clears throat> Father Wachorski. Except for the angry face of the prisoner, my parishioners look like nice people, and we're nice people. We are also sheep. Catholics make up only 25% of the U.S. population, and most of us live as if religion is a very private thing. It's nice to have unity in the community, you see. So it's tempting to suggest that we good Catholics had nothing to do with the moral collapse of our culture. It must have been somebody else, you know, those people over there. We didn't pull the trigger. We're not executioners. We're nice people. And we belong to the flock of Jesus, to the cult of the happy Jesus, right? 
Right. Well, if Jesus, the good shepherd, defines his flock, one would think that 25% of our culture would would be recognizably Catholic. So what went wrong? Well, Father, I'll tell you what went wrong. Cowards. That's what went wrong. Yellow-bellied cowards. He continues. Maybe too many of us are huddling in the barracks of our workplaces, our families, pretending that if we have our families in order... A continuing holy imperative, we need not busy ourselves with the plight of our neighbors. Families, like religion, we may insist, are very private things, you see. Or maybe we've reduced our faith to a spectator sport. So we look on with fascination as others pull the trigger. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Because expressing disapproval wouldn't be nice now. And we might be accused of hate for identifying and opposing sinful behavior. A few of us, Catholics in very high places, are actually pulling the triggers, executing the enemies of progress, regardless the gunshots coming from the camps or the smoke belching from the ovens somehow happen without us. Religion is a very private thing, you see, and it's not nice to be divisive. In truth, we are all visible members of a flock of sheep. The defining flock is either the polite company of our social or political circles or the flock of Jesus. What we believe is observable, verifiable, and points to our shepherd, whoever he or she is. So our religion and our morality really are not private. And our professed Catholic faith indicts us when we really belong to another flock. Don't do that! Middle Church, run for the exits! Except for confession, the Catholic faith is not at all private. And the Catholic faith is not a spectator sport. The Good Shepherd directs and defines us because we are the valuable sheep of his flock. We are his witnesses. Our job is to be nice and faithful sheep. But when there is a conflict, to cluster around the shepherd to be truly faithful in the face of adversity. No, Mitter Pekorski, please. Your job in the face of when the going gets tough is to cluster around whoever the ringleader of the apostasy is. Don't make any waves. Someone might get upset. Don't stand for anything in the workplace. Somebody might get upset with the church. Well, it's easy for you to see from your ivory radio tower. <laughs> yeah, so high and lofty and mighty are we. Incessantly and never-ending pleading for the support of you and others. Tell you what I marvel at from time to time. I pass by the most mundane, bland, devoid of beauty, yet magnificently large Christian church construction projects man can imagine. 
These things are larger than most basketball stadiums a college team would play in a mere 20, 30 years ago. Funded to the wazoo. The one down the street from my house, $60 million. That doesn't include the land previously purchased. $60 million. Now, I'm not whining. I'm not complaining. I'm simply observing. So if you take it as whining and complaining, well, then you take it that way. 26 years in, it is what it is. You're either going to go or you're not. And it doesn't really matter what I say right now. You'll find something else to get angry about or you get your little panties in a wad and you'll leave. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. I hope you come back. Here sits this little entity trying to do the right thing trying to defer to the tradition of the past, trying to have as our first vocation, the first commandment, and then as our second vocation, professional radio broadcasting. Lie! This is a radio station! Well, I said $60 Go out and try and raise $6,000 from people. Oh, I don't have that much. Well, I might have five. Really? Now, many of you, this does not apply to you, obviously. I'm talking to about the general public. Why don't you do a GoFundMe? Well, number one, because they're pro-aborts and they take like 11% of what you raise. That's why. Uh, Number two, it's a pretty cool endeavor here. We actually have a lot of letters from people that say that the work we're doing here is manifestly more meaning than anything I did in the previous 18 years in the realm of politics. There's even people that have claimed that we assisted them in converting to the faith. $60 million down the street for a train of apostasies and heresies. And not that I don't have and that we don't have our challenges here, but we do try and steer clear from those. We have people who come on air and who inform us or would inform us if we were involved in any. Instead... Commandment number one is observed, and then the second is the vocation broadcasting. We always try to make it entertaining. So just always. It might even be humorous. It may not be humorous. It may be thought-provoking. It may be controversial. It might even anger some people. Many people have quit the game already. I'd say about two-thirds of those that came from Sirius XM Patriot Channel Bailed on the endeavor in the first year. Now, many of them, if they were listening right now, would blame me. Well, that's your fault, dummy. If you hadn't been shoving religion down our throats. Shoving religion down your throats. You know, there was a day back at, at, at one point in time when shoving religion down people's throats is what almost all good people did. It was a way of living. It wasn't denied. People weren't whispered about, hey, did you hear that? that, that. Seems to me... That the religion shover complainers are on the wrong side of the history. Oh, but wait a minute, but we can fix it. Middle Church, please, we got elections coming up. Yeah, and what's that going to do? You've had elections since Roe versus Wade. What has that done? You And hey, there's been two elections since Obergefell. Have there been? Oh, Mr. Middle Church, please, homosexuals finally have their full equality. Equality to do what? Commit mortal sin in public and encourage others to do it. 
I saw the most. Mrs. Church was watching something yesterday afternoon. She fell asleep, and I'm in the other room going like, what in the hell is this? She was watching some some show on, um, was it AMC? No, it was on FX. It was on FX. Because FX had the series on Gianni Versace and uh, his assassination. And this was a puff piece that was, uh, that was about, not about Gianni Versace so much, but it was about the homosexual, the sodomite, Andrew Cunanan. <clears throat> and about how wonderful it was that Versace was an out homosexual and that Cunanan killed him and brought these issues of equality and fairness and public support for sodomy in front of many people. And now today, gay lifestyles are everywhere. That means more men are dying at a younger age, less babies are created, and benches in Hades are being filled with souls that have been misled into this. Congratulations. What a great freaking thing you've done. Better church, please. See, that's why people turn you off. That's just too radical. As I said, it's not radical. That's the truth. Now, Father Pekorsky hits this. At the moment, we ended the piece is titled, Being Nice Isn't Good Enough. At the moment, we still have the freedom in this country to punch back against all the things that we just mentioned, even beyond a pious bumper sticker or two, and to reclaim our membership in Christ's flock. Here's a few modest suggestions. Now, see how many on this list any of you are willing to do in public. This is really what I wanted to get to here. One, risk alienating friends and family by using words like fornication. By the way, this will get you kicked off a Sirius XM satellite radio too. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Risk alienating friends and family by using words like fornication, adultery, sodomy, immorality, and perversion when the subjects invariably come up at social gatherings. Most people are cowards. Oh, I have a gay friend. No, you have a friend that's a homosexual, at best, at worst, a sodomite. Don't, why do you have to be so mean? That's, that's cruel. No, it's not being charitable to tell the practitioner of sodomy that it's okay. That's not charity. Two. Suggestion number two from Father Pekorsky. Write your pastor or bishop and ask him to replace his use of transgendered with surgically mutilated. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this going like, I think that Father Pekorsky must be a closet Mike Church Show listener because this is in our, my vocabulary. I talk about mutilation all the time. And whether it is or not, I'm just glad he wrote it. Oh, I can't wait to read the comments on this and see the hate mail that Father Bacor. You, you're just trying to be orthodox when there's no orthodoxy left. You need, to, you need to get with the times. Write your pastor or bishop uh, and ask him to replace his use of transgendered with surgically mutilated. And while you're at it, ask him never to use the word gay, except in quotation marks. Where have I heard that before? Write monthly, three, write monthly letters to the editor, wherever, 
pushing back on the sexual revolution for, now listen to this, Mrs. O'Connell, cancel cable TV and let people know why other than you're saving a few bucks. Five, take on your congressman for his pro-abortion and pro-gay voting record and don't let up when you fail. With Jesus as the good shepherd, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Matthew 10, 28. Father Jerry Pekorsky. There are not very many people out there who will do any of what Father Pekorsky just suggested. <laughs> 